All right, everyone, welcome back. We're Simply Bitcoin. We break down the news from Twitter, the daily fail, the meme review, software releases, hardware releases, and the websites by plebs. Joining us today, fellow Bitcoiner, we've got Cedric Youngelman, and he is the host. Did I pronounce it right or wrong? Perfect. Nice. Okay. And you are the, and he is the host, sorry, of the Della BTC Matrix podcast. Hope I got that right. Okay. Let's dive into uh, the Bitcoin Matrix podcast. The Bitcoin Matrix podcast. All right, cool. And we're <laughs> going to dive into the numbers. Let's do it. Number time. Number time is brought to you by Bitcoin 2022. It's going to be the largest Bitcoin conference ever hosted in sunny, sunny Miami Beach. Get your tickets now before the price goes up, but you can take advantage of the link down below for 10% off your tickets to Bitcoin 2022. At the time of this recording, the block height is 715,465. The Bitcoin price, 50,800. Chain rewrite days, 763. Total public lightning capacity, making fools of Nico and I once again, 3,314. 78. That's right. I'm always going to make fun of us. Moscow time 1968 and blocks to the happening 124,535. Nico, the numbers. But numbers. look, man. Okay, we went up like, I mean, that's, that's, come on. 3,314 3, on uh, the uh, for the public lightning capacity? Dude, that's pretty sweet. I'm tired. I'm sick of this. Anyways, guys, I'm sorry for the change up. The lighting is bad. My headphones are weird. I am traveling at the moment. So this is this is an on the fly thing. It's not like my regular studio. So just giving you a heads up. I will give you a heads up every day just to remind you. But yeah, um, boring, bro. That's how I feel right now. Yeah, it's a 2K pump. We've been here before. Whatever. <laughs> Moving on. TikTok next block block height is an all-time high and I feel like that's what's important but I think that this 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 moment in time where the price has been essentially just going back and forth oscillating between you know 52 48 46 I think we went down to like 45 at one point uh, we've had an awesome group of guests on the show that we've had to ask dude how do you feel about this Cedric because everyone's feeling different. There's some people that just don't care. There's some people that are just bored. How do you feel about the price, the Kakafia price stuck in time? Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I don't really care about price on the day to day. I think there's even way bigger things going on right now than, than the Bitcoin price. But uh, if we're gonna talk about the price of Bitcoin, I think that it's, I, I, I'm kind of seeing a longer cycle. So I think this is a great sign. I think we're just grinding up slower. I think we spent three to six months in between like 30 and 40,000. And now maybe we'll spend three to six months between 40 and 50,000. And I think that's a great sign for Bitcoin. And I think uh, the market maturing. And uh, I think it, it could be a signal that we're just gonna grind our way up to the next halving and, and see sort of uh, less of the same patterns that we've seen before. And maybe a pump comes or maybe a dump comes. I have, I have no idea. It doesn't matter in the long term. And I think on the other hand, too, for plebs that are trying to stack like myself, this is great. This is uh, just more opportunity to to stack sats at a much uh, lesser price than we know Bitcoin is worth. So uh, I try to see the upside in that. But, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just a $2,000 pump. That's no big deal. It could be a $4,000 dump in 20 minutes. So. We'll see where it goes. You know. Yeah, very Absolutely. well said. So do you think, are you from the school of thought that the parabolas are over? The the crazy blow-off tops? Is it, no, is not, it, not necessarily. 
No, I okay. think it remains to be seen. And, and I think that maybe the parabola is just, uh, I think the fractal might uh, reflect prior patterns uh, when we get through this. Uh, but yeah. And if we don't see, you know, a huge blow off top again, I think that could be a sign that we're just going to grind up. Awesome. Okay. So Cedric, this is the Christmas special. We're not going to, we're going to take a couple days break over the weekend, right? It's the first nice. time we really take that long of a break ever since we really started Simply Bitcoin. What are you guys um, doing? Six days a week? Monday, yeah, Saturday? We're, we're hustling. We try to Warriors. do it. Some weeks we miss, so we come up with five episodes. Sure. But regularly, right, nine out of ten times, we do come up with six videos a week. This is the first time we're taking a break. Feels like, Nico, it's Christmas. Relax. And I was like, yeah, you know what? This is true. Um, and I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, it's good to take a break, right? You got you to gotta pat yourself on the back sometime. But anyways, enough about us. Cedric, so this has been a crazy year in Bitcoin, right? El Salvador the China ban and a bunch of other stuff. What has been the highlight? Because you said that there's a bunch of bullish news. What has been the highlight for you? I mean, I definitely think the highlight was El Salvador and Jack's announcement. Uh, I, I mean, being in Miami for that was really just um, a, a really great moment. And I, I, I think that was kind of a highlight. Uh, I think there's just been too many highlights to name. I think it's been a weird year in the sense that most of these highlights have, you know, we were talking about price a little bit before, have not moved price very positively. Um, I think that's been a strange sort of um, signal on that front. Um, but yeah, I think the highlight was definitely El Salvador and Jack's announcement. And uh, I, I didn't see that coming this year. And I think what that does for, for nation states and the project going on in El Salvador is just quite interesting. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. What about you, Phil? We're going to do a round table. What was the highlight of this year for you in Bitcoin? Definitely. It's a, it's a tough call. It's a tough call, but I, I'm going to have to say the I'm going to have to say the China ban and mm. I'm and I'm going to have to say learning about the connections between the World Economic Forum and the VCs in this space, mm -hmm. the shitcoin space specifically. I'm going to say yeah. those two things. I, I you know, uh, as you dive down the rabbit hole and you start to learn where a lot of the, you know, a lot of the money comes from, you start to realize that, uh, you know, there, there's a, there's a big, there's a different narrative that that's being played in different circles. And, you know, we, we just don't know it. You know, we don't know what it is, right? It's, and it's being played at much higher levels. So anyways, yeah, I would say those two things. I, man, I am completely on board with you, the China ban. First of all, the VCs and the WF connections are absolutely mind-blowing. When you've been covering that on the fail, I've just been like, that is absolutely crazy. And guys, if you haven't seen those episodes, definitely go check them out. Take the time to go check them out because yeah. it is insane that the fact that you have someone on the Ethereum Foundation also on the World Economic Forum, like part of that is is absolutely mind-blowing. Like that is absolutely mind-blowing. This isn't conspiracy theory stuff. This is stuff that we've covered. We brought the receipts, we brought the evidence. You could verify it yourself. In fact, we can encourage you to do so. But, uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you in the other sense, Phil, that the China ban was absolutely crazy. China banned Bitcoin mining at the beginning of this year. It was a huge stress test for Bitcoin. And before the year's end, the Bitcoin hash rate made an all-time high and it was actually i think it was this week's episode where we covered an article by cnnbc where it actually was stating that 
uh, about 20% of the hash rate is still in China. So even though mm. the, you know, the China as in the country, the Chinese Communist Party banned Bitcoin mining, there is still a portion of Chinese citizens in, in the mainland that just don't care. And it, the, the Bitcoin incentives are that irresistible that they're willing to mine Bitcoin in a totalitarian country. I think that's absolutely mind blowing and it really highlights the beautiful incentives of Bitcoin. The hash rate recovery and the fact that Chinese citizens just want to get their hands on Bitcoin, even though it's totally banned in that country. Absolutely crazy. But anyways, Phil, it's time for The Daily Fail. The Daily Fail is brought to you by Amber App. Check them out, amber.app. It's the easiest way to buy Bitcoin, stack Bitcoin with an app that's made by actual Bitcoiners. The link is down below. Going to be off for a couple of days. Not going to see you soon. I'm going to miss you. So I'm just going to tell you now. Merry Christmas, my friend. Amber. The smart word stack sets. All right. So we've got two pretty short but kind of funny daily fails. So here we go. Let's dive in. Shout out to uh, the, you know, at Lucky Redfish for tagging us in this. This is, this is pretty funny. Um, poor dad, rich son, right? Because Peter Schiff's son actually buys Bitcoin. And while his, you know, as he's been putting his money to, uh, I think it's Spencer Schiff, as he's been putting into his, mo his money into Bitcoin and it's been growing his wealth, uh, you know, his father's sitting there shilling gold and it's yeah. garbage. So I thought that that was pretty funny and amusing. I, I think they're working together. Uh, I, I think yeah. he's, yeah, I, I think it's yeah. front and I think it's a great way to transition the business to the next generation and, and to come out the other side uh, with Bitcoin uh, and, and a Bitcoin uh, exchange. Uh, I, I think it's a smart long-term move. Uh, I just couldn't imagine the kid at 16, 17 years old publicly going against his father uh, on so many levels. And it's only just grown um, yeah, I, I, I think that they're working together. I, I completely agree with yeah. with Cedric. It, 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 first of all, you have to give the devil. You have to give the devil his due. Uh, Peter Schiff is excellent at social media, so you know, without a doubt, look at how much engagement gets on his Twitter. I think he has yeah. a YouTube channel as well, right? Not a fan of what he what he's saying, but he definitely knows how to play the audience, play his followers. And I think that's exactly what you're seeing here, right? It's just like, you know, cause it can't be that, it's exactly what you said, Cedric. It can't be that, you know, Peter Schiff feels this way and then his son is like completely on the other side and they're like publicly mocking each other on Twitter. Yeah. Like what's going on there, you know? Uh, yeah. Phil, do you agree with us or no? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it is absolutely the best business move. And not only that, but think of the perception, right? Because perception is reality. Here's Peter going down with the ship, right? Doing what he can for his investors. Right. You know what I mean? And his yep. son, the defiant son, the, you know, young, reckless, look at him go, you know, it's, it's genius. It totally genius. So yeah, respect, but at the same time, He's, those old narratives just kill me. Every time I hear him, it's always the same thing over and over again. I said this last time. It's like a broken record. Okay. I agree. Let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Okay. Let's move on to the next fail because the next fail is a bit of a bit of a short article, but interesting nonetheless. Okay. So here we go. The PBOC denies rumors it printed two trillion note. Right, and that is the uh, what? What is it? The People's Bank of China. China. Yeah, it's the yuan too, or the rubini, or something like that. 
Yeah, exactly. So here, China Central Bank, PBOC, has issued a statement denying rumors that a two trillion yuan note has been privately printed. Uh, Chen Yaoming, director at the China Banknote Printing and Minting Corporation, is undergoing disciplinary review after suspected serious violations of discipline and law. And keep in mind, right, their narratives are very tight over there. So when they produce, when stories like this are, are come out, right, th these are produced. This isn't like, these aren't like slip-ups. Anyways, I'm going to continue here. <laughs> it's kind of funnier. Uh, rumors have been circulating in China that the disciplining is because it is suspected the same number banknote was printed privately for 2 trillion yuan. The printing and issuance of RMB has strict working procedures and technical standards. And the People's Bank of China has been carrying out relevant work in accordance with laws and regulations. Right, everything that they set up. So... In trying to further refute the rumor, a Chinese state media outlet says 100 million yuan in cash. This is this is the best part. 100 million yuan in cash is about one ton. A train carriage is about 60 tons. Printing 2 trillion yuan amounts to 33 train carriages. Where did he get so much paper and ink? And where did he hide so much money after printing? But yet at the beginning of the story that there, he's being accused of printing one trillion dollar note uh sorry a, a single two trillion dollar note so anyways however in theory pboc can just print one piece of paper that says one trillion or better still they can just enter the number on a spreadsheet with this rumor coming at a time when there is more and more talk of china starting to loosen its monetary policy in light of a property collapse Right? Think of the narrative, think of the stories. Although a 2 trillion yuan note is probably unlikely, this rumor reaching such prominence that the PBOC has to refute it may indicate some people in China are expecting or speculating that bazooka money printing might be coming to stimulate the economy. So you will see, dude, in like six months to a year, they're going to, you know, this just kind of gives like a blank, yeah. right? A $2 trillion check. Well, look. Somebody did this and we do we discipline them, but we don't know what happened, right? We we were still tracing the money and they'll definitely have to, you know, get some type of a new organization, right? Form a new organization made up of other organizations, and they're gonna do it for the people. Cause the governments love the people. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I think that's just priming the people for it to come. I think they're just getting people ready for it. Uh, like you said, the reveal will always be later. They'll be like, yeah, we, we found it. It was, it was true. It happened. And uh, we put it to good use, actually. It's to your benefit, you know. And it'll only cost you and your children and grandchildren so much money later on. <laughs> I completely agree with Cedric. I, I think it's a, it's a prime, right? And I think there's a lot of signal, though. The tells are the fact that they took it so seriously. Because you would read that. I was like, like, what does it matter? But it's like, because they're trying to keep a narrative, right? It's like, we're not going to print. It's like, there's not right. a bazooka of money coming, right? And everyone knows, right, if 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 there's going to be a lot of money printing, you could bet your bottom dollar that real estate prices and equities are going to go through the roof, right? Because that, that's what happens, right, when, right, when the Fed prints money. So it's like, you know, smart investors, the smart money knows that those assets are gonna go up in value. So it's like, oh, now it's a good time to buy. Buy. So it's like, I could see why they're taking something that sounds so ridiculous on the surface so seriously. And in fact, it was taken so seriously that they had to write an article that was poorly written about it. So yeah, man, it's, it's right. 
I, I, go ahead, Cedric. Yeah, and it's very interesting. I, I also think it's muddying the waters around the contextualization around, like, where would they get this ink and paper? Uh, I don't see that contextualization around a lot of other sort of statistics that are being muddied, uh, you know, thrown around society right now. But here they're like refuting it. Uh, but we all know it takes one piece of paper or uh, really one keystroke. So uh, they're really trying to muddy the waters there and sort of like throw people off the scent right now while it's happening so that when it comes up later on, people are like, well, how could we have known this was coming? Where'd they find all the paper? Yeah, it's, it's man, it is literally ridiculous. It's insulting in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's insulting. Uh, and and th- those articles are really interesting. What I see there is that's like that news speak and you really have to really... Most people are going to read the headline or the first paragraph or they'll read through that in a way where they're not thinking like, oh, in the beginning they said this about one note and now they're telling about that. They're like, oh, this is crazy. We'd never have this much uh, 333 carriages of this stuff. Ah, this is crazy. And they're not thinking through it critically. Uh, I mean, critical thinking has gone. And you, most people will, will cite this as as proof of something. Yeah, that's exactly right. I I completely agree. And I think it is proof of something in a way, right? Mm. It is proof of perhaps. And I think that at the end of the article, we really gave it up. Proof of stake. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Proof of stake. But I think it really gave it up. I think that, you know, the Chinese government, right, with their economic woes right now, the real estate bubble, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I think that their only way, I think this is a government's the only way they know how to fix things. Is to print more money, but uh, anyway, can't have. Well, to we, we all need. They all need to print. I mean, they need to kind of keep lockstep with the dollar. So as we print, they need to print. They need to have their own story for needing to print. They can't say we just need to keep our, our ratio to the dollar. And and sometimes, uh, you know, I'm sure the U.S. government loves when they print and get ahead of us. So that we need to print and catch up. Yep. And and it's just sort of this push and pull, um, but it's really in, in lockstep together. All all the nations. Um, they're all going to come up with their reasons uh, for where magic money, you know, magic internet money came from, basically. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 100, 100% I agree with that. But anyways, Phil, it's time for the Daily Meme Review. The Daily Meme Review is brought to you by Citadel 21. It's the best Bitcoin cultural zine, and it's scarce. There's only a 1,000 copies made per volume. Really cool stuff. Stories by plebs, by toxic Bitcoiners, articles, comments, comics, really cool stuff. Anyways, get your print of Citadel 21 today. All right, everybody. The first meme is brought to us by Don underscore T-Cell. Check it out. I'm in a Bitcoin meme group. It's 58 Kang. Look at her face. She doesn't care. Absolutely agree with that. Okay, next one. I figured out what is Web3. Igor got this Igor, one good. Yeah. This is good. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. I don't get it. Phil, maybe Phil could explain it to me. Anyways, it's Chair, Chair Force Hoddle, legendary meme lore that came out with the laser ray. This December is not Decembering like the other bull market Decembers. That's Decemberered. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Okay, moving on to next one. I'm in mood for memes. Send me your best ones. Go, go, go. What the hell is this? Central Bank Digital Currencies, Satoshi. U.S. dollar, Bitcoin, Tether. <laughs> that's well done. That, that's a good version of that meme. That is a really good like art, that. art to GG. All right, next one by a fellow plebe. Hoddle underscore McHoddle face. Butter, sugar. Oops, you added too much butter, sugar, flour, baking soda, egg, salt. Salt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, absolutely hilarious memes. And for that, Phil, I'm going to give it 
little Spider-Man that I put on my computer case. Little keychain Spider-Man. Yeah. What about you, Phil? That is a very commendable score. Those were some great memes, and I am going to give it this test access control card with multi-technologies. Multi-technology test multi access control card. test access control cards. That's Say that five uh, times. That I'm going to give the, the Igor one this BitStop ATM machine for second place. Cool. And for the Peter Schiff one, I'm going to give this Frankie McDonald trophy for first place. What? All right, all right. He's putting first, second, third. Wow, Phil, that's a great idea. Anyways, guys, we want to know, do you agree with our scores? Do you disagree? Let us know down in the comment section. And, of course, you guys know the deal. We, we say some very controversial stuff on this show. So make sure to subscribe to us on alternative video platforms like Rumble.com and BitcoinTV.com. That's our personal favorite. And, of course, join our Telegram group. Link us some Bitcoin memes to review. Give us a Bitcoin meme review. And we need memes to review. But, anyways, Phil, it's time for The Daily News. The Daily News is brought to you by CryptoCloaks.com. They make the best 3D printed Bitcoin merch. Look, the Bitcoin grenade uns unscrews. You put your open dime in there. Really cool stuff. Or the 3D printed Honey Badger. Opens up. You put your cold card in there. Really cool stuff. Anyways, take advantage of the link down below for 5% off CryptoCloaks.com. All right, guys. We covered this. We covered this. And there's a reason we say we are apolitical on this show. And I know I get a lot of people in the comments section just saying, oh, you know, they start talking about, you know, Trump or they start talking about Biden. And it's like, guys, we have to say this a million times. We're apolitical. What does that mean? That means that we only vote for candidates that are for Bitcoin. If they're against Bitcoin, we're not for them. Whether they're on the left or right, it's irrelevant to us. We are single issue voters. And there's a reason why we say this. OK, check this out. Hillary Clinton, crypto has potential for undermining the role of the dollar as a reserve currency. We covered this when this came out. No, it doesn't have, it undermines your job. It undermines your racket. That's why you're scared. It undermines the state's power, right? If people stop using the state's money and they start using their money, Bitcoin, right? No one owns it, but at the same time, everybody owns it. Beauty of Bitcoin, guess what? You take power away from them. And they don't want that. But it's not only Hillary Clinton. We've, we've already covered that. That's old news. Recently, Trump came out again, again, right? He said this at least multiple times. This is his latest bit. He went on Maria Maria's show. She's an MB, um, uh, She works for Fox Business. She's an anchor there, pretty famous. And let's check out what he had to say. About First Lady. Really what do you think it. about crypto? Because, you know, New York and Miami is yeah. really getting cryptocurrency into their financial system. Well, I never loved it because I like to have the dollar. I think the currency should be the dollar. So I was never a big fan, but it's building up bigger and bigger and nobody's doing anything about it. And uh, it's uh, <laughs> I know it so well. Look, I want a currency called the dollar. I don't want to have all these others, and that could be an explosion someday, like the likes of which we've never seen. It'll make the big tech explosion look like, like baby stuff. Uh, I think it's a very dangerous thing. Let me about first lady. So again, when you have Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump agreeing on a single thing, you got to start to ask questions. Okay, so this is oh, yeah. why we say we're apolitical on the show. We're very specific on that. And again, perhaps we're not apolitical. P perhaps we are political, but our politics are simple. You are for Bitcoin or you're against it. 
in our eyes. Whether you're Democrat, Republican, left or right, depending on your country, right? We care about one thing. Are you for Bitcoin or are you against Bitcoin, right? So again, and this really highlights why it's like, dude, it really, it's like, they're both, they both hate this thing. They're both calling it out. It's both, the, yeah, yeah, go ahead. They're the same team. They're yeah. the same team. In my opinion, it's kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters and, and sort of their opponents. So, you know, uh, the fans come and they root for the Globetrotters or against the Globetrotters, but it's rigged and the owners left, you know, get, they get the revenue from all of it. And it's core like, or maybe like the WWE, they call it now, or I used to grow up calling it WWF, but like it's rigged. And so it's the art of politics. So, you know, but, but notice where the issues they, they do align. Uh, and notice that they, they roll Trump out, uh, and I'm no Trump fan, but they roll Trump out uh, to, stay, to say these certain things. Uh, and if you notice the subtext there at the end around the explosion was sort of a way that we're going to they're going to be able to blame any sort of hyperinflation on Bitcoin and crypto. It's worse than the dot com, the exuberance or whatever they want to call it, or rational exuberance, but it's actually quite rational. Um, and, and I think it makes sense in a lot of ways to export the inflation to Bitcoin, uh, maybe and to stop exporting it maybe overseas. But. Uh, you can see where the parties unite. Uh, there's like one or two issues they're letting Trump speak out. Uh, you know, they only let him out now once or twice a year uh, to say certain things. And both times have been Bitcoin is bad. So to me, I think the parties work together. Maybe they when they do fight, I think that those people aren't necessary. I think those are just fronts to divide us and divide us over issues that don't really matter to us. You know, I think we all agree that we, we just want like sort of a better future for like maybe our kids. And I think that's sort of like something we can all agree on in the center, uh, you know, sort of that long term thinking or skin in the game, whatever it might be. But uh, we're getting divided on all these social issues or other issues. But, yeah, I think those two teams work hand in hand. Absolutely. Uh, I think, I, yeah. Sorry. So when it comes to this, I absolutely agree with you. I think that the establishment. Um, it really, it they it, without a doubt, you know, they they want the U.S. dollar. They want the power that comes with the U.S. dollar, and I think they're both spot on. Trump and Hillary, when they say Bitcoin is a threat to that, I wouldn't say cryptocurrencies. I would say Bitcoin mostly. Yeah, Phil, only. Phil, do you have anything to add to that? You know what? I find it strange that they never have to answer. Right, the politicians never have to answer for the fact that the money makes us all poorer and makes us all have to do much more for much less. Like, why is it always like something else, right? It's like, why can't they just answer that one question, right? Like, and, and it's just remarkable. They, they, I find like they, they, get, to, they get to have this, this narrative shift that everybody just, for some reason, I shouldn't say everybody, but enough people coerce that it becomes acceptable. It just makes no sense. And, and we're just like, as individuals, we're, we're just, you know, we're just pawns. And I want to go back because I'm 42. So I remember WWF, right? Mm -hmm. Before they, they, that got taken away from the yeah. World Wildlife Foundation, right? They had to change right. it. So that is exactly what politics is. That's exactly, it, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a script. You're watching it. We're watching a show. Yeah. You and know? it's seasons and it's chapters. And I think it all has to, I think it makes perfect sense when you see it through the lens of the Great Reset and through what the World Economic Foundation is trying to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and you see their hands everywhere. You guys did a great show with that with Odell. And 
getting into the connections between uh, the the when I use crypto, it's almost a revolting word now because none of them are actually crypto, cryptographic currencies or have any sort of uh, you know those properties. But that whole uh, sector is is run by A16Z, Anderson Horowitz, and the World Economic Foundation. And and then, but if you think about what what are they trying to do here, you know, or what is the longer term plan? I mean, like that's where you, when when. I, I think it's important to look at the rabbit hole of where the connections are, but the connections are so obvious and you'll just untie more and more and more. Um, but it's like, what is it about more than just the money? Because um, they already control the money. Um, so Absolutely. And, and Bitcoin mm. is a threat to that. And I think that's why you it's have the only these, threat. I think that's why you have these, these parasites. So that's a very strong word, right? But right. I think that's what really politicians are, you, man. They just extract wealth from their citizens, whether it's on the left or right, right? Which is yeah. why we're political on Simply Bitcoin. But they're locking the gates this year. So last year, it was sort of like Bitcoin is 100% you're, you're out from everything. And I think this is the year where, for at least for me, where it's quite clear, like it's going to take a lot more than Bitcoin. And, and it's not going to be the same for everyone in the digital space because the they're locking the gates. The windows are closing in a lot of places and the rules are changing very quickly. Speaking uh, of rules, that's a perfect segue. Speaking of rules, check this out. Our own Cynthia Lummis. Check this mm. out. You should just have laser eyes in every picture. Okay, that, that has to change. Okay. But anyways, Bitcoin owning. I love. Check out. Remember, guys, the phrasing is really important. Check out the first two words of the title. Right. Bitcoin owning. So they would like you know they would like I you think to she's know, up to five. She's an other. She's an other. Right? She's an other mm. because she owns Bitcoin, right? You can't take her seriously because oh. she owns Bitcoin. Anyways. That's right. They, they want to let you know that. The beginning of the article is very important. Okay. Bitcoin, this is discrediting. Yes. Bitcoin owning sent, Senator <laughs> Lummis to propose crypto overhaul bill next year. Anyways, let's check it out. Wyoming Republican Senator Cynthia Lummis, one of the crypto industry's staunchest supporters in Congress, is planning to introduce a comprehensive bill next year that would cover everything from how digital assets are taxed and categorized to consumer protections. The bill, if enacted, would provide regulators with clear guidance on which assets belong to different asset classes, offer protections for consumers, regulate stablecoins, and create a new organization under the joint jurisdiction of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and the Securities and Exchange Commission to oversee the digital asset market, a senior aide for the senator told Bloomberg on Wednesday. So again, why is this happening, right? We, we covered the infrastructure bill, how, how they snuck in a crypto, it was specifically the treasury, snuck in a crypto provision in the last second. Um, the whole industry went up in arms. We tried to amend that bill. We didn't do it successfully. So, you know, how it is, how it stands now, but I feel like they're going to change that, right? The the giant umbrella really kind of puts a lot of people in the air, specifically Bitcoin mining and miners and specifically people that run lightning nodes on whether they are and they are an are, are not a broker. Now, all these laws are in meat space, right? Bitcoin doesn't really care about a lot of these things, but for the regulated companies, the public companies that are mining Bitcoin, right, these laws could be used by the federal government to go after them. So when you have a Senator Cynthia Lummis, and I know uh, Pat, Senator Pat Toomey is also heavily involved when it comes to this topic, um, 
when they when they come out with these you know these laws you can't see them as like oh it's more laws it's more regulation you kind of have to see it from a perspective of somebody of a company perhaps a company that's you know in the fortune 500 and they're looking at bitcoin they're like well i don't want to get into that because we don't know the regulation it's not set in stone right everything's kind of operating in the gray we don't know what the laws are we want something like this because it would solidify it. So when you have a public company looking into Bitcoin, and I hate using this word crypto, they're looking at it from a perspective of, okay, I know what I know what to do and I know what not to do. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, right, that might you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to get into the space anyways. But if you're a big, giant, mega corporation, you mm-hmm. don't want legal problems. Specifically, let me rephrase that. You don't want legal problems with the federal government. That's the last person that you want to you want to participate in. So a lot of these companies, I'm sure it's like, I don't want to buy Bitcoin because I don't know what the regulations are. I don't know what the regulations are going to be in five years. So Lummis is essentially trying to provide clarity for the entire industry. So I think that, that as a positive, and I'm sure there would be amendments in that bill that would fix the garbage that was introduced in the infrastructure bill. I'm going to pass it on to Cedric, and then I'll go to Phil. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Senator Cynthia Lummis is very interesting. I think, I believe she's married to a uh, Democrat. And so I think she's kind of used to working uh, across the aisle, even in her own house. So uh, I think she's someone that I think can kind of, you know, uh, bring the center to some of this uh, this issue. I, I do think that clarity around this is very important for uh, large Fortune 500 companies and things of that nature. They, they, to what Nico is saying, they can't just jump into this without uh, a lot of clarity. Um, and and uh, the clarity needs to come. This is now uh, almost a trillion dollar asset class. Uh, clarity is needed, and it would be best, I think, what what Senator Ted Cruz is is like. Let's not get involved until we even understand this thing. And 99.9 percent of them don't understand what this is. So I think just for this, you know, for the sake of American. Uh, entrepreneurialism and, and, and industry. And I think it would be best if they, they stayed out of it uh, as much as possible. I agree. I, yeah. I, I agree. I think that the amendment that Senator Ted Cruz offered for the infrastructure bill was awesome. But again, you know, it goes back to like meeting in the middle, what you were saying uh, earlier, uh, Cedric, it's like that was going to be included anyways, might as well amendment. So it's, you know, at least more fair to us, right? They're kind of seeing it. And specifically, we know that the amendment or the the provision in the infrastructure bill, we, we know it came from the Treasury, right? So it's like they're openly being hostile. We know that um, we know that Janet Yellen doesn't like Bitcoin. We know that she doesn't like crypto. She's, you know, used the environmental FUD. She says it's only used for criminals, completely ignoring the fact that the dollar is comp- 10 times more used for criminals than Bitcoin ever is, ever was or ever is. Right. But, you know, it doesn't fit the narrative, right? It's what I've been saying, guys. It takes power away from them. You know, we saw Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump agree on the same thing, right? Anyways, uh, Phil, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, I mean, look, the Federal Reserve, the Treasury, right, the government, there, there's no incentive at the federal level, right, to to embrace Bitcoin whatsoever, because imagine all of a sudden you don't have access to print that money anymore and to create those control levers. So at that moment, you know, what, what happens now? All of a sudden you got to rethink your whole use case. Now you're like, all right, I actually have to produce something of value that somebody will actually want to exchange their money that I can't just take away or freeze. 
So it, it just completely changes, you know, it just totally mm-hmm. changes the game for them. But I just want to add also, right? Like this is, this is all fear, right? This is all, it's, it's all fear of the unknown, of the uncertain, okay? We understand, right, that in this system, like we, we have no choice. There is going to be regulation, right? And, and look, you know, we, we can see from all the affinity scams, regulation is definitely, you know what? I, I'm not a proponent of the government, but unfortunately we can see that people can't police themselves. I, I think that humans have proved that throughout history. Like we're, we're terrible at policing ourselves. So it's, you know what? It, it's kind of like the rock in the hard place. And at the same time, we're shifting to this new paradigm. So, so it's like all of these things are moving, right? You've got the whole previous banking system that's crumbling. You've got governments that really just don't provide any value. You've got this new asset class that people don't understand. And then, of course, you have all these affinity scammers that aren't Bitcoin. So eh, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. It's, let's see what happens. Let's see how, how it all plays out. But the important thing that you need to know is Senator Cynthia Lummis owns Bitcoin. Remember, you don't change Bitcoin. Bitcoin changes you. And just by owning Bitcoin, I think she's orange-pilled a bit. You know, we, we saw her speech, her giant speech, when they wanted to spend more infra- uh, more money. It was, like, due to the infrastructure bill. She's like, you, uh, the Democrats and the Republicans are responsible for all this money spending. It's got to stop. Who knows? I know I'm speculating, but who knows how much of that language comes from the fact that she is holding the corn. But anyways, guys, this article came out and I think it really highlights. I'm going to I'm going to let's I I don't know. Bear with me. Bear with me, because I know there's some signal here. Check this out. Banks in U.S. can now offer crypto custody services, regulator says. U.S. regulators have been cleared the way for national banks to provide cryptocurrency custody on behalf of customers. Now, when this came out, everybody made a giant commotion saying this is going to change everything. Australia, the banks over there said the same thing. In Germany, the banks over there, some banks over there said the same thing. Now, Phil and I, I think we were one of the only channels that were like, hold on a second. That is not good. And the reason we said that is not good is because, yeah, guess what? Banks are going to make it easier to hold your Bitcoin or to hold someone else's Bitcoin. And by doing so, right, that is not your keys, not your Bitcoin. You're giving up one of the most powerful things that come with Bitcoin. Now, if you think I'm speculating, if you want to see what can go wrong with that, Right. Check out this article that just came out, which is why I wanted to cover this. Top court allows Venezuela's Juan Guaido to assert control over one billion dollars worth of gold. Now, let me kind of give you guys some context. Okay, so uh, Nicolas Maduro, which is the current president of Venezuela, he's the one that actually has power. And Juan Guaido is essentially this opposition guy that due to a technicality, he should be president, but he has no power. Okay, it's essentially the U.S. and the U.K. and a couple other countries are saying this guy's the president, but he has no power. Okay, he's you know he's he, he's he's not an elected president of Venezuela. He's essentially due to something in the Venezuelan constitution. This guy should be president, but he's not. Okay, he has no power. But the U.K. and the U.S. are essentially saying this guy has power, but he doesn't. Right? He's like, this guy's the make-believe president. But the point is, why do you guys care about this? Okay, what does this have to do with Bitcoin? Okay, bear with me. The UK's top judges ruled in favor of Venezuela's Juan Guaido paving the way for the opposition leader to assert control over more than $1 billion worth of gold stored in the Bank of England's vaults. 
Now, what does all that matter? Well, it's simple. <laughs> Since Venezuela is not holding that gold themselves, right. the UK, the, the Bank of England specifically, that is actually in possession of the gold is the one dictating, yep. oh, that's not your gold. Oh, that is your gold. You get what I'm trying to get. To, it's yeah, like, Maduro asked for this money like a year ago. And remember, Maduro's ago. the one actually yep. in power. He is right. actually in power. He's the yep. actual person and in charge US of the finance. And the U.S. said no. And it, it, exactly. So it's yep. like, regardless of what you feel about him politically, okay? Sure. Specific. Look, I'm from Venezuela. I don't like the guy. I'll be honest with you, okay? But I want you guys, put the politics aside. I want you to focus on what is actually happening here. The Bank of England essentially is telling Venezuela, you can't do what you want with your gold due to a technicality because we like this guy more politically. And they're basically arming and capitalizing. I mean, most of that you would think is going to go to arms and weapons. Uh, you, you know, it's not going to go to building schools. But, but what does it matter? That's what I'm saying. What does it matter? Right. The, the point is here, Cedric, is that. Uh, sure. No, I get what you're saying. Sorry. Not your, not your, not, not I, your totally, keys, I, not I totally agree with you from that perspective. Right. I'm, dude, I'm Venezuelan. I, I 100% agree with you. That, that goal is not going to be used productively. But the point is here is that it's not their goal. Right. It's, it, it, yeah, right. it's Venezuela's but gold they can on paper. Hand it to to the other guy because it's exactly. not your keys, not your gold, not, not your, your keys, ball, not your not gold. Your and gold. how does that guy use that gold if he's not the one in power? Right. How much of that can he use? Right. So again, it, it's there's a lot of noise, right, with that article that came out. But put the dots together, and if you guys still think that I'm a conspiracy theorist, back in the 1930s, right in the Great Depression, FDR 6102 everyone's gold made it illegal to hold gold in the United States and essentially all the gold that was held in banks essentially had to be sold to the federal government mandatory for a low price right and you had you had no say so why am I bringing all of this up because if you hold your Bitcoin with a bank it is not your Bitcoin it is the bank's Bitcoin and being the bank's Bitcoin, it is now also the government's Bitcoin if they get into a pickle. If you don't believe me, they've done it in the past. They're doing it right now to Venezuela's gold. Right? They're doing it. It's, like, it's not yours. It's ours. We get to dictate what the rules are. Like, this is the crux of it. If you give up the most, one of the most powerful things of Bitcoin, which is self-custody, you're giving up that Bitcoin. It's, no, it's not, no longer yours. It belongs to somebody else and you are at the behest of that other person. You're at the mercy of that other person, whether they want to say that is your gold, that is not your gold. Phil, I mean, not your Bitcoin. Sorry, you, get, you guys <laughs> I, I know what I'm trying to say. Ah! <laughs> I know what you meant. OK, so look, I, I mean, th that is just a perfect illustration, right? And keep in mind, we have a massive uphill battle. OK, we, we have a massive uphill battle when it comes to um, proper and I know that that's going to be like a, in quotations, gray area, proper Bitcoin adoption, right? Because we, we obviously want people to hold their own keys. You know, we, you want people to run Bitcoin core, you know, and or have a hardware wallet, have a combination of both, multiple hardware wallets, all of these things. And it all sounds very complicated. And one of the reasons that it sounds this way is because we've all gotten so accustomed and so um, incentivized to be lazy, Right. Like that's what these institutions have done for us. Like they handle all the heavy lifting. This is complicated. And it's interesting because much of the red tape that's in the way that makes things complicated is red tape that they've created. 
right? So it, it's it's like this kind of self-serving cycle of, you know, massive red tape that, you know what, just leave it to us and you just take this card and remember this pin and everywhere you go, we'll let, you know, we will allow you or not to transact because that's really what's happening, right? Never yeah. forget, as we've learned in the past, right? When, whenever you're using any of these, any of these systems, you're asking for permission to your money. Yeah. So th- this, you know, again, this whole thing, and, and it's so cringe, man. Like, I can't believe that you just read that article and, and everyone's okay. Like, I don't mean us, but I mean, everyone was okay with it. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Really? Does it? It's, and it's like, to Cedric's I, point, right? I, it doesn't like- That was a huge, when they were denied the gold uh, in like a year or two ago, that was a huge uh, epiphany for me around not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Uh, even at a grand scale, even using like a brain wallet and being able to get your your wealth out of a particular place. That was a huge uh, inflection point for me. Uh, I, I'm not, I think when I think about 6102 though, um, I think history more rhymes and repeats itself. So I, I think more maybe like there'll be a massive hack and that's how the government will obtain a lot of Bitcoin. And they'll just be like, poof, you know, they'll set up a honeypot. Uh, whether it's collaborative custody somewhere and, and that will just, you know, and they'll blame it on bad habits and they'll blame the network at the same time in the news. And I do think that, you know, they're, they're going to try to neuter Bitcoin in the sense of trying to centralize custody uh, and sort of have like maybe, you know, white label Bitcoin. But that first article, when I link it back to, you know, when a lot of people did think that, oh, now Bank of America can sell Bitcoin or allow you to hold it, that this is going to be great for the market. You know, I, I don't think people want to go to their bank and buy Bitcoin from an entity that has no idea what Bitcoin is. And but I think what that really was about was allowing banks to get people used to crypto. And this is when I say crypto. So to get them used to using these, these services and rails that they do want to move them on. And I think the ultimate goal is to eliminate the commercial bank and and get that rail between the end user and, and the governments. So that they can either do UBI or stimulus or or negative interest rates or compensation or, or all the controls they're looking for. So I think that's just another more priming. Um, your bank's going to have crypto and crypto. Did you notice it was crypto services? I, I don't know what the hell that means. You know, I, we don't know, you know what that so. is either. We don't, we don't right, know. But that's, We've been trying right, to figure that out. That's where they're going with it. They want to give you some services that have nothing to do with anything cryptographic or decentralization. But. They they want to let you know that you need them, right? But in, in Bitcoin makes them obsolete. You no right. longer need a bank to store your wealth effectively, right? right. And in, in fact, by giving up that power, you're giving up your Bitcoin. Like, you know, you might have an IOU. They might honor that IOU 90% of the time, but I bet you if there's something going on with your particular government, if they're in a pickle, yeah. And they know they there's a there's a bunch they they could strong arm these banks to give them a crap ton right. of Bitcoin. They are not going to care. If you don't believe me, look take a look at what's going on in Turkey. Take a look at what happened to Greece during the financial crisis. That's exactly what the Greek government did. They took a haircut off everybody's saving account to bail themselves out. So don't give up that power. Don't give up right. that sovereignty. Right. And I think that that is a foreshadowing that, that you know, we're not going to give the gold, even though we know it's theirs. So we're still not going to give it because our court said no, right? It's absolutely, 
these people are crazy. But anyways, Phil. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, judges. Anytime you have a single point of failure or someone you can you know deal with, and all this to say though is I'm not against you know banking, and I do think there'll be you know Bitcoin banking services in the future. It's not the art or practice of of capital allocation that I'm against, and you know uh, I think banks have a role in society if they're if they're functioning correctly as an institution. Is is just really where we've gone, and what we're talking more about central banking and, and debt printing. Um, Absolutely. I think the, the there's a conflict of interest when the person giving you a loan is also holding your money, right? Yeah. So um, I agree. I don't think that all banking is going to go away, but specifically central banking is yeah. really, I think Bitcoin really does make that obsolete. But anyways, Phil, there was an open source software release today. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Software releases. The software releases are brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out, cyphersafe.io. Store your seed in the Cypher wheel. It is pet-proof, it is tamper-proof, it's fill-proof and eco-proof. So the link is down below. All right, we've got the Bitcoin Dev Kit version 0.14.0 that was released. The link is down below and don't forget, rain or shine, Monday through Saturday, Bitcoin, uh, sorry, audio only, right? You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, and at least three other platforms I don't remember. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. All right, guys, that was our show. Before we go, I want to give apologize for the setup, for the headphones, for the light, all that stuff. I am traveling. I will be traveling for the next week. So it is going to be kind of chaotic. Bear with us. But I also want to give a shout out to our very special guest. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at said youngleman. But his Twitter down below and definitely go check out his awesome podcast. Highly recommend it. It's called the Bitcoin Matrix podcast. You can find it on YouTube and also all the other podcast platforms. We will also have a link for that down below in the link description. Anyways, guys, that was our show. If you enjoyed the show, smash that like button. And of course, if you want to continue hearing the catastrophic fails and the Bitcoin news from the plea pleb perspective, definitely consider subscribing and we'll see you tomorrow, guys, for a brand new episode. No, we won't see you tomorrow. We are taking a break, but I'm used to saying that, okay? We're getting, taking a couple days break. We'll probably be back on Monday for, yeah, we will be back on Monday for a brand new episode of Simply Bitcoin. The money magicians are running out of tricks. Thank you.